This is Chapter 7 of You Are Not Alone. Such high hopes. I'm the reason you sick ones pray to God as they lie there still. I'm the reason they cry out because I kill. Hello and welcome to You Are Not Alone, a 1v1 horror actual play podcast. I'm your host and RPG-loving friend, Blaine. few things before we begin. If you like the podcast, there are a few ways you can help support it. The first is by rating and reviewing the podcast on iTunes and any other podcatcher that allows it. This really helps new folks find the podcast. Second is telling a friend you think would dig it to give the podcast a listen. Word of mouth is also an amazing way to get more ears hearing. The other major way is by donating to the cause. I have a Patreon and Ko-Fi account, both under Blaine C. Martin. It's B-L-A-I-N-E-C-M-A-R-T-I-N. If you back my Patreon, you will get new creative content every month. Most likely it'll be a game, sometimes a short story, or something else entirely. Check out the game I post for May, Render Unto Caesar Now. Financial support goes a long way towards covering the costs of recording and hosting this podcast. Speaking of games I've designed, my game, Born of Briar and Blood, is officially available in Gauntlet's Codex Hunger. You can get the magazine by heading to patreon.com slash gauntlet and joining at $5 or above. It'll be available there until June 2nd. After that, it'll go on sale on DriveThruRPG. Born of Briar and Blood is an interesting little story game where you play bogey creatures vying for the last of a town's belief as it begins to modernize. If you check it out, I really hope you enjoy it. If you'd like to reach out, you can get in touch with me via Twitter at EsmeraldaPod, or shoot me an email at Blaine, B-L-A-I-N-E, at YouAreNotAlonePod.com. I look forward to hearing from you. So, a bit about this week's episode. I really love the power of comedy to control the build of tension in horror stories, I think it allows for some really interesting story beats that straight-up horror do not have. Because of this, I'm really excited that this week we are playing The Happiest Apocalypse on Earth. The Happiest Apocalypse on Earth is a Powered by the Apocalypse game set in an eldritch-infused amusement park called Mouse Park. It's ruled over by the great mouse below, and the mouse and ears occasionally feed souls to it. The game does an incredible job of balancing horror and humor. In addition, you build your own playbook by selecting options about your character's background, personality, and the role you play at Mouse Park. It allows for a really customized character laden with all sorts of wonderful pop culture references. This game was a lot of fun to play, and I really hope you enjoy listening. So here we go. This week, I will be playing with Philadelphia's own Kevin Gallagher. Hey, Kevin, how's it going? Wow, Philadelphia's own Kevin Gallagher. Uh, that is probably the highest compliment I could ever receive because that makes me seem way more important than I actually am. But thank you, uh, and I'm very excited to be here. Oh, I'm excited to have you. And I mean, your your screen name on Zencaster is Todd McPhiladelphia. <laughs> so I mean, well, okay. So uh, uh, there's a reason for that, and 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 we'll find out as we start playing. <laughs> So we are going to start two weeks 
before Todd McPhiladelphia's first day at his job interview. And I imagine that they probably do cattle stampede interviews where you sit in a waiting room with probably a hundred other people Mm -hmm. and you get called in. And when your name is called, you go into what is a kind of shockingly simple office. There's just a small wooden desk and seated behind it is a man with a smile that's almost a little bit too big for his face, that kind of used car salesman smile, wearing a a nice suit. And Todd can see poking out from the kind of cuffs of the shirt what look like the the sleeves of a, a black robe. And the man says, Mr... McPhiladelphia, is it? Uh, yeah, man, that is my name. Uh, you know, it, it is unusual, but hey, you know, <laughs> gotta love that town of Philadelphia, right? Yes, I suppose, if you like dirty rivers. I am, uh, you know, uh, never been there myself. I'm a Pittsburgh guy, uh, but you know, I've heard good things. Yes, I suppose. I'm Chet. Ah, Chet, well, uh, uh, nice to officially meet you. Uh, My name is Todd McPhiladelphia. Most people just call me Todd McP, uh, if for short, you know? Yes, Mr. McPhiladelphia. He stands and reaches out a hand to shake. I I, want to note that Todd is very much not wearing anything fancy to this interview. Like, he's wearing the Converse shoes. He's wearing jeans. He is wearing a button-up shirt because it is an interview, but it is not tucked in. The top button is undone, and he's wearing a very loose-fitting tie. And he accepts the handshake, takes notice of the the robe and and mentions ah i like how you dress you know underneath all that business you're all casual aren't you so chet when chet shakes your hand it is kind of a loose kind of grotesque handshake i would describe it almost like trying to like wrestle a fish (laughs) (laughs) his hand is a little bit damp and it's just he doesn't really apply pressure he just limply shakes your hand and when you mention when you mention his outfit, he kind of notices that the the sleeves of this robe are poking out, and he drops the handshake and kind of pokes them back in. And he says, uh, why don't you have a seat, Mr. McPhiladelphia? Uh, and as Todd takes a seat, he like does that like handshake to get the dampness that i assume was a little too damp like wetness off his own hand yeah it's a little your your hand is definitely damp so he sits down again uh chet sits down again and says so i see from your resume and he holds up what does what does todd's resume look like (laughs) Todd's resume, one hundred percent, is it, it is printed. He print. He's not a savage. He has a computer. It's printed, but on the back of it is like uh, it's it's like reused paper. So like the back of it is just like like a probably like an old college essay or something. It's plain like white paper. Like he's holding it up, and I can almost see through it. Like and see Chet's expression. He definitely sees whatever the pay. Like he can barely read the resume because the the print on the back is 
you know, when it's held up to the light, like blocking it. And there's got to be like a coffee cup stain that originated on what is now the back of the resume, but is definitely seeped through. I would expect nothing less. (laughs) So Chet Chet looks at the resume and kind of just, he, he for a moment lets the facade drop and looks slightly dismayed. But then that shark-like smile comes back. And I think before he says anything, like Todd kind of notices, like whatever's going on, he's like, Hey, you know, uh, Chet, I'm a green guy. I believe in recycling. It's good for the... I'm not a hippie, but I believe in recycling and being green. Well, that is admirable, I suppose. So, you have applied for a job at Mousecatonic Studios Mouse Park. I can't. It's been a dream of mine, Chet, to like be part of an amusement park, like bring smiles to children's faces. Yes, smiles. And he kind of chuckles like he's laughing at a joke that only he is in on. And I think, I think, uh, I think Todd is like, he joins in. He goes, yeah, yeah, it's funny, I, I guess. So, Todd. Mr. McPhiladelphia. As a child, what was your favorite Mousecatonic film? Oh, you know, I really, really loved, uh, you know, the, uh, that, that, the one, uh, the name's escaping me, but the one with, uh, the, uh, the blue dog and uh, the 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 little the little um, the monkey uh, and uh, there was like uh, I think there was like uh, not a lamp but uh, there was I don't know it, it was real fun though lots of adventures singing there was lots of singing I love that movie I th- I think that that's not actually a movie that exists. <laughs> Because I love that mental image, I think, even more than that being a movie. <laughs> I, I, I dig it. I dig it. <laughs> and I think, as, like, he says that, he's, like, leaning back in the chair. Todd's not sitting straight up at all. Like, as soon as he sat down, it was, like, comfort zone sitting down at home in his, like, kitchen chair watching, like, how he would sit when he's watching something on his smartphone. Perfect. And, you, like, you would think – I mean, I don't know if Todd has enough self-awareness to really think about this, but, like, that might bother a person right. conducting right. an interview. But it doesn't no. – it seems to be rolling right off of Chet. And he says, have you in the past ever visited Mouse Park, Mr. McPhiladelphia? Uh, uh, Chet, got to be honest with you, uh, I am uh, – I recently relocated – to this area, uh, I, I, as said, from Pittsburgh, born and bred, uh, recently moved out here, uh, you know, looking to change things up and uh, have yet to had the chance to experience uh, this wonderful place, Mouse Park. I've heard great things, though. Everyone I, uh, that has told me about this place has nothing but great things to say about it. Yes, it is uh, quite an experience as. You may find out. Yeah, fun for the whole family is what I've been told. So I see that you want to work in attractions. 
Yeah, I mean, who doesn't? I mean, rides are awesome. I know. See, people uh, out here, they love to, uh, you know, have the glory and and be the characters, right? But that's not me, Chet. Todd, old Todd McPee here. Uh, I just want to make sure that uh, the 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 attendees are nice and safe in uh, the the attractions of Mouse Park here. Yes, safety is our our chief concern. Uh, mine too, Chet. Mine too. So I see that you worked. Previously at Staples? Uh, yes, that was Staples uh, was uh, an amazing job uh, and, the, uh, and uh, did not leave because they forced me out. I had left on my own accord to uh, just, uh, like I said, find a new, a new life out here. Fantastic. So does anyone know that you have moved here, Todd? Well, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't just up and, and leave. My, uh, my, my, my parents, who are still in Pittsburgh, uh, and, and, and we check in with each other, you know, once every couple months, uh, they, they're aware that I, I moved out here. They, they helped me. They gave me some, some seed money, you know what I mean, to, to get out here and, and, and uh, kind of start up a new life. He looks a little bit disappointed at that response. But continues on and says, so what, what skills at this Staples do you think you can apply here at Mouse Park? Oh, check customer service. Uh, you can't – I know that guest relations primarily deals with customer service. But hey, man, when the, 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 the guests are in line, they've been waiting in line for a very long time, nothing against Mouse Park. Every amusement park has that issue. But uh, they've been waiting in line for two hours to get on this wonderful ride. They want to see a smiling face. Todd McPhiladelphia has that smiling face. He's been a great customer service. I get people, Chet. I get people. Excellent. Now, I promise you, Mr. McPhiladelphia, this is a, a routine question. If there was a disaster natural or otherwise would you be willing to stay in the park until all of the patrons were taken care of oh of course again as i said safety is my number one concern just like it's your number one concern i could see it in your eyes safety number one safety for the guests first uh, and then us masoneers second perfect so we'll fast forward now roughly two weeks. Somehow, Todd McPhiladelphia got hired. And to him, like, it's not somehow. Like, he the whole time knew he had this oh, job. He was, he was sure. Yeah. Um, for our listeners. <laughs> yeah. Somehow, Todd got that job. And did Todd visit the park at all before starting, or is no. this his no. literal first time <laughs> setting foot? He, save for, I mean, I don't know where the interview, If the, I assume the interview took place like in the admin buildings that are at the Mouse Park. Yeah, so I don't think you actually like entered the park no. to get there. 
And I would like to imagine that, like, maybe, like, I had to actively avoid going into the park to get into and out of the admin building. So Todd literally had, like, no – he loves amusement parks, but, like, he, this is going to be his job. He wants nothing to do with it other than to get a paycheck. So he was there for the interview. He bounced. Day one of the job, he's there in the park for the first time ever. Excellent. So does Todd have a car – or is the golf cart actually like his? <laughs> oh God! Yes, that to the park. Yes, the golf cart is his. In fact, it's, it's golf carts are not standard issue at at Mouse Park. Like, there's only one. It's Todd's. It's probably like he's as he parks it. Like he drives up, he parks it in the employee parking lot. It's got like custom tires. It's got a custom paint job. It's very, it's very green and white and silver. Very Philadelphia Eagles themed. Yes, he is a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, but he lives up to the name McPhiladelphia. And, uh, it definitely like it's a golf cart. It's wide open, but as he walks away from it, he, he has a clicker that locks it <laughs> and secures it. Oh, that is so perfect. So Todd parks his uh, his golf cart, clicks the button, and you hear the little beep beep, and walks to the employee entrance, which is nowhere near as grand. You can see kind of looming in the distance the gigantic gates that lead into Mouse Park. But you enter through just kind of a small door in the wall and enter into a room where there are, we'll say, about 30 other people who are starting today. Um, And there's kind of just a very generic orientation where the fire exits are, how to handle uh, escorting guests out of the park should there be any kind of an emergency, uh, and you are given your mouse park uniform. What does the mouse park uniform look like? I I envision that it's it is shorts. I assume that we're in like nice weather, so it's shorts that are a little too short, and they 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 give you work boots, but he doesn't wear them. He's wearing his Converse walking shoes, and the shirt is um, like a striped, like blue and white striped vertical stripe, like thick stripe button up that he certainly does not have buttoned up. It's he's wearing his like a red superhero shirt underneath, like whatever this world's equivalent to Deadpool is, if if not Deadpool itself. And he's got the name tag that has his name on it, but like it's probably not very straight, specifically because the shirt's also like unbuttoned, so it's kind of waving as he walks, so it's hard to see the name tag. So you are kind of divvied up based on where where you'll be going in the park. And you are told that you have been assigned to Dungeon World. <laughs> Which, I mean, you don't you know nothing about Mousecatonic Studios, none of their movies. So, I, I mean, who knows? I, 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 is, I, so, there's a group of people that are being assigned to Dungeon World. And I imagine, like, like, Todd's like, Dungeon World? Like, what? Hey, hey, uh, uh, and, like, what's your name, bud? There is uh you you were able to pay enough attention to know that this is a woman named Charlene who has been assigned to security 
in Dungeon World. So, so hey, uh, Charlene, uh, have Dungeon World is it, I am a huge, huge fan of all their movies and 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 stuff. What where, where's where does Dungeon World come from? Oh, you've never uh, you never saw you've never seen Philo goes goes spelunking. Oh, that's it. Yes, of course. I had I had a little, uh, you know, I need more coffee. I had a little of that lack of caffeine brain, you know? She says at, at minute 53, Philo finds himself in a dungeon full of all, all sorts of weird creatures. He's in there for about 14 minutes and 37 seconds. You know what? I, I do. I remember. I think, I, you know, I think you're, I'm going to correct you. I'm remembering. I think it was actually like 14 minutes and like 47 seconds. Uh, I, I don't mean to be like a Mr. Uh, you know, Mr. I don't man, I don't want to mansplain. All right. But I think that's what it is. So you are you are being escorted uh, with Charlene and two other two other people to Dungeon World. And and so you you leave the kind of orientation area and find yourself on main street of mouse park. And it is a, a wide Avenue that runs from the gates or through to the center of the park, where it then kind of branches off into all of the different worlds. And so you go up, go up main street and you hang a right and uh, you find yourself in an area dedicated to the many adventures of Philo, <laughs> all of these Odd places that Philo has found himself in, in the various Philo films. It, Philo is one of those kind of lesser known. It doesn't. It does. Philo is not a mouse. Uh, we'll say that. Fi, let's say that Philo is a duck, <laughs> um, but not like an anthropomorphic duck, <laughs> like a regular uh, duck, like Daffy Duck. He's just a duck. Uh, he, he can talk. But he's just a regular old duck that goes on all of these wild adventures. And so he's one of those characters that will like often show up in shorts before films. Although Philo's kind of fallen out of favor. And Logan's definitely like raising an eyebrow because he has no idea who this duck is. Why is there a regular duck featured everywhere? Like doesn't get that like this is an actual like at one point maybe a, a beloved character, but like definitely not anymore. And Todd also does not notice. I don't think that the the stores are filled with the employees of the stores all have these kind of glazed over looks on their faces and they kind of just stare out blankly as people walk by. But Todd doesn't notice that because Todd, I don't think Todd notices, uh, notices much. I think he's like, he's not only is he kind of like looking around as he's walking, he's also on that smartphone playing Candy Crush. I got to get to that next level. <laughs> right. So you arrive at Dungeon World. What does the entrance to Dungeon World look like? I, I envision it being very similar to like the Jurassic Park kind of gated entrance where it's a very huge archway, but instead of I forget exactly what the Jurassic World and obviously it doesn't say Jurassic, it says Dungeon World and it's there, but there it's very big doors that are permanently kind of like always like opened at like a you know so like a V shape so like it's a, a wide opening but it narrows into the natural roadway that like the rest of Main Street is or whatever street they're on now that leads into Dungeon World and it has like it's adorned with classic like 
dungeon door things. Like it's got the big giant, it's got like a giant like brass or golden ring knocker. I'm sure there's got to be like a skull somewhere, like probably at the top. It's probably like the O in dungeon world or something, or it's in between dungeon and world. Perfect. So you enter through these large open doors. And when you enter into this area, everything is kind of medieval themed. So all of a sudden, all of the like characters are dressed like peasants. There are uh, some street like street vendors set up before you get to the actual entrance to the attraction selling. I mean, they don't it's not quite Renfair style where there are like, you know, massive turkey legs. Oh, God. It's still it's still like amusement park fair so there's popcorn and slushies and all of that kind of stuff but the the carts are made out to look like old-timey peasant carts and the people are dressed this is a i have a very important question all right is there a dull whip oh of course there is let's let's what what is our equivalent of dull whip uh okay so it's they can't have the dull whip because copyright infringement i i want to it's got to be something that's like Really, traditionally, no one would ever want to have. But when it's paired with like ice cream of the same flavor and whipped cream, it's delicious. God, what kind of like? I want it to be a vegetable instead of a fruit. Um, like a maybe a spinach. No, I was thinking either spinach, spinach or carrot. I think like it still has to be kind of appealing. I think uh, carrot then maybe because carrots are you know at least a little bit sweet. Right, right, right. So it's like a neon orange carrot-based beverage. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, like they, like Mouse Park has like the copyright trademark on like the carrot-flavored ice cream used to make the carrot whip. Oh, uh, that sounds so bad. <laughs> so yes, there's a carrot whip cart that is like it looks like a farmer's cart, like a farmer going to market. It's just filled to overflowing with fake carrots. And then there's like a little stand behind it that, that they use to, to whip up the carrots and ice cream. God, that's so gross. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't like this, but it's, it's canon now. Yeah, yeah, it's um, canon. Yeah, and then there's like, like I said, snow cones, popcorn, there's a churro stand. But they're all made to look somewhat medieval. And they're kind. Of, everyone's wearing kind of like homespun burlap uniforms. As all of the streets have now turned to cobblestone, and they lead to a massive cave opening that looks like a demon's maw open with uh, stone teeth that hang down and fog that rolls out of it, and like neon red eyes. May I add one detail before we get to like that cobblestone? Oh, sure. Um, there is for like the kids, there's I'm pulling this at from anyone that's listened to a, a recent pot of love will know what this is about. For the kids, there is an alpaca petting zoo, of course. You gotta have those alpacas. I and I to build, I certainly want that to come back and bite me in the butt, too. Oh, of course. I think to build on that, the alpacas are all adorned to look like demons. <laughs> uh, they've got like horns, like little hats with horns on them. So it's just like this absurd, 
like demonic alpaca petting zoo. Right. And and I also want to reiterate, Todd is still playing Candy Crush on his phone, just kind of like paying attention to like Charlene and the others so that he kind of stays in line with them. So you're kind of ushered off to the side of this giant demonic cave opening. And the the member of management who's leading you here has to kind of like feel along the sidewall that's made to look like a castle wall to find where the like secret door is. Uh, and they kind of look around real quick to just to just to make sure that no park patrons are paying attention. And they like open the door and usher you inside very quickly. And the first room you enter into is a room with a bunch of cameras and management motions for Charlene to stay there. And you go deeper into the complex. And I think the next room you come to, the other two people that you've been traveling with stay there. And that's kind of the maintenance room. And there are a couple doors that lead out, you would imagine, maybe into the ride itself and a bunch of tools and everything. And you're taking one room further to a little operations room. No one else is in there. But you see uh, there's a one-sided mirror that you can, okay. you can see out of, but the uh, the folks in the ride cannot see into. So you can kind of keep an eye on folks as they enter. Perfect. This is definitely the uh, the, per- the perfect setup for Todd because he does not really have to pay attention much and can go on his phone. He's got a comic book in his back pocket, like he's good to go and and do slack. Like do- he does what he does best. He's going to be able to slack in this room. I, it looks that way. There are a couple chairs set up. A computer management says your your job, uh, Mister Mister. Philadelphia and he's he holds his name tag like he takes his one hand holds it points with the other so that he can they can see the names real uh yep yep uh, Mick Philadelphia you can call me Todd McPee though all right Mr. Mick Philadelphia (laughs) your job for today will be to keep an eye and emotions towards the uh the window out and you see uh this is kind of where the the line starts to queue up and there are a couple people out there uh, more professionally or more in in line with the theme mm-hmm. uh, dressed as knights who are welcoming the guests to Dungeon World and explaining to them that a great treasure lies at the heart of this maze and only the most brave and gallant knights will find their way to the center and find this great treasure. And he says, you just need to make sure that nothing goes wrong. That seems simple enough. I didn't catch your name. They turn and uh, just start to walk away. (laughs) Okay. And then uh, they turn back and say uh, they motion to a, a like a door that looks like it leads deeper into whatever this complex is. And they say that door leads out into the maze. I would recommend that you do not go through it. Hey, you know what, Chief? Uh, definitely do not have plans on doing that. Uh, I will be your number one guy here in this room. Totally eyes on the prize. You hear some screams echo from deeper into the maze. 
Uh, and I, 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 I look in that, like, I guess I look through the window, look in that like general direction, look back at chief and say, uh, man, they're uh, must be really into this, uh, this maze here. Yes. There are some surprises, some monsters animatronic, of course. I mean, yeah. Monsters don't exist. That scare away all, but the most stalwart knights. And they just leave. <laughs> and uh, I think Todd just kind of looks around at his surroundings before really kind of like settling in just to kind of get like a, an idea of what's in store for him on day one. Really like kind of just realizing that like no one really told him what he has to do. A fit. Like it was so vague what he has to do. Yeah. Uh, th- this member of management, like no one really in the interview or hiring process told you anything other than that you're working for attractions this member of management just told you basically to just sit there and keep an eye on things (laughs) yeah and like i feel like todd is just like thinking this is maybe too good to be true but he does not dwell on that too much and and proceeds to like before really settling into like candy crush or his comic book like looking at like i think he's gonna go look at that computer because that like he's not quite sure why there's a computer here maybe he'll do depending on what the situation with that computer is he might go do a little surfing okay uh you you check out the computer and it is from what you can tell locked you know lock screen and they did not give you a password is there like so is it a st- like standard computer set up here? Like, you know, yeah, norm- it's like a window windows PC. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he's going to try to type in uh, for the, is there, is, is it just asking for a password or is a username and password that it needs? No, it is just asking for a password. He's totally going to try password. <laughs> Give me a roll plus wise. We're going to dig a little deeper. That's a, that's a solid four. <laughs> Normally, you would be able to mark experience. I don't know if we'll really need to worry about that on this. <laughs> so you type in password and you hit enter and there's like a beep and it tells you that that is the incorrect password. Okay. What he didn't do is he he had caps locks on. So he's going to take that off and try password with a capital P. And for because he doesn't want to lock it out, he's also going to try one, two, three. Okay. I'm going to give you another roll plus wise. We're going to trigger a different move. All right. This is. All right. That's a 10. All right. That's a good. So we're, we're I'm going to have you. This is uh find something that wasn't there before. Okay. When you want to search to find something you didn't see before roll plus wise. So you're going to hold two and you can ask two of those questions. Okay. So and what's hold Actually, two mean? Know. Let's not. So hold two would mean that you get two questions. They call it hold because you can kind of ask them and continue the narration and then ask another one. Got you. Okay. So I will. Uh, I'm gonna give you a little bit of information first. Okay. So somehow password one two three with a capital P is the password. <laughs> <laughs> I think Todd definitely just kind of shakes his head and. The the screen that comes up is uh, the background of the screen is the Dungeon World logo with the skull in between the dungeon and world. And 
the desktop itself is actually blank. There's no no icons on it. Is Todd going right for the web browser first? Definitely. So you launch the web browser. You're thinking about all of the websites you could visit. All right, what website are you going to go? Like, what? Where? Where is Todd headed? He is because while he can guess easy passwords, he's not like. He goes to Google first before he does anything because he likes to search. So he's going to go to Google and assuming that loads, he will search something. Google loads up. Okay. So he's going to search the, the, whatever the local football team schedule is just to see like if they're going to be playing the Steelers anytime soon. All right, so you start typing, uh, and you type in, like, uh, what is to get to, like, what is such-and-such team's schedule. And autocomplete shows a recent search that reads, what is the best way to get blood out of plaster? Oh, he is definitely hitting enter on that. He is intrigued. (laughs) All right, so a whole bunch of, like, weird homespun articles come up about the best way to remove blood from plaster. And, you know, it's a simple kind of cleaning solution, a mix of, of like Windex dish soap and water, just in case you ever need to get blood out of plaster. Can I, as one of my questions here, like use the, the history, like find the history tab to kind of answer like what here is useful? Sure. Um, so you go you, like now that you've seen this real weird Google auto autocomplete, you're like, what else have they been looking at? Yeah. And you pull up the history and there are a lot of weird Google searches and the kind of corresponding website visits things like how to dispose of a body, more of like how to get blood how to get blood out of clothes. There's a lot of basically any material that you might get blood on, you now know how to get blood out of that. Uh, well, I, he's definitely going to – I don't know why Todd will ever need this information. He's going to remember that information. He's going to make a mental note to ask uh, who he's – he's deemed his manager's name as chief. He's going to make a mental note to ask uh, what happened to the previous person who worked this booth. Like, where are they at? And I guess as my second question – you can kind of go off list too if there's something specific you uh, Todd wants to know about what's happening here. I, I think he does. I think there's two good questions. I I want. I think. Do I want to? I think I'm more interested in knowing like what maybe happened here. Like I think he, while he's like taking mental notes of this search history and like maybe it's going to be useful to know. Like maybe this is part of the job. He's not quite sure. And he knows he needs to ask his boss about like the last guy that worked here. He wants to like look around because it's definitely raising an eyebrow, even to to Todd, like what happened here to like trigger these search requests. All right. I think to play off of the four year old previously, (laughs) you are kind of trying to figure out like going through the history to see if maybe there's any other clues mm-hmm. did you hear a few more screams and then there is a kind of frantic pounding on the door that management told you not to go through <laughs> oh crap and and the solid door right like no no eye opening thing to look through 
No. Okay. <laughs> I think the really <laughs> the really Todd thing to do here. Uh, who is it? So you hear a voice. It sounds like probably maybe a teenage boy, probably about fourteen or fifteen. Is oh my god! You have you have to help me. There's something. Help me! Help me! Help me! Help me! I think, and I think, okay, Just, and internally kind of processing, right, Chief said to not go through the door, right? Yes, I'm pretty sure that was the exact word. Uh, he said not to go through the door. He didn't say anything about not opening it. So I think he's going to try to open the door. All right. The door opens. And you see, uh, it is, a, it's a teenage, teenager. He's probably about 14 or 15. He is wearing a, uh, a Dungeons and Dragons t-shirt. Um, and his face is just splattered in blood. Wow, nice special effects we have here. It's, it's, he like rushes into the room and he's like, you have to shut the door. You have to, you have to shut the door. Uh, I, I'll, I'll shut the door. I'll play this game. He's like, it's real blood. It's real. Bl- my, 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 my sister. She, uh, I, t- what, uh, it, he like breaks down and just starts crying. And he, uh, Todd is definitely not prepared for this. He, he did not, I, if this was covered in orientation, 100% did not pay attention and says, to the, to the kid, hey, uh, is uh, do you need me to call like uh, security or, or medical? Like, is like, did she trip? Is like, like, if this isn't, if you're saying this is real blood, did she trip or something? Like, is everything okay? We can get the medical team for sure. We have nurses and stuff. Give me a roll plus sweet. That is a eight. Okay. When you mention like calling security or he's like, no, you can't, I, I, it, it, it was someone, someone that worked for the park. What? Some, they, what, I, like accidentally tripped you, your sister? Like what, what happened to your sister? I don't, I, I can show you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, listen, kid, I can let you back through those doors if you want, but very specific orders for me to not go through the doors. I, uh, I can, uh, I got my walkie talkie here. I can radio, uh, Charlene. She just started today. She's part of the security team. Uh, no, no, you can't, you can't call security. You can't, they, they killed her. Yeah. I mean, okay. You're like, pay you, you listen, full disclosure, kid. Uh, first day, uh, are you also an employee? Like, you know, you don't have to, like I'm not, I'm in on it. Uh, I'm part of the magic. I'm 15. Yeah, I, I mean, fifth. Uh, you can work. <laughs> I, I, sorry, I don't know, kid. I, it's been a while. It's been about 10, 15 years since I've been 15. Pretty sure I worked. Uh, I, I think I'm gonna like swipe the blood like off his face. I don't know why this seems like a Todd thing to do, and like <laughs> taste it to see if it's really blood. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely real blood. Uh, totally spit that out because that was gross. Okay. Um, so who, uh, can you describe like, so it was the security person that killed your sister. I'm still, and still not buying that his sister's dead. It was, 
It was someone in a uniform like yours. Okay, so not security, because security's wearing something else. Uh, listen, kid, I know – what if I – is there a way for me to like private – like do these walkie-talkies have some – like is it all just open communication? Is there a way for me to maybe – You could probably find – I imagine there's channels. Okay, so I'm going to – I want to I want to very specifically contact Charlene like directly. Like I want to hope that maybe we had enough rapport to like to, – to be able to like set something up to talk to one another. And like I'm telling the kid, I'm like I'm like, listen, I have someone that I 100% trust uh, with my life, with my life, <laughs> trying to calm him down at the same time. Give me another roll plus sweet. Let's see how that exchange with Charlene went. That is a nine. Okay, so on a seven to nine, on charm a heart into deciding the NPC will do what you want if you do something they want for them. Okay, let's see what that is. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave that ambiguous for now. But you were able to, like, you, like, you guys kind of hit it off as as friends at least, and like, you know, or like, she was she as you were parting ways was like, call me on channel seven when uh, when you're going to get lunch, and maybe we could get lunch together. Okay, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch my channel to seven and and and, and just say, uh, hey, Charlene, uh, it is Todd Todd McPhiladelphia McP for short, uh, you know, because uh, I feel like we're friends here. Uh, I have a, a hey son, what's your name? I think as you get on the phone to call Charlene, the kid kind of freaks out and he runs for the door. I, this is the door that I let him through? Yes. I mean, I'm not, I, I don't think I'm going to stop him. I, I, I think because I, I'm not, I, I, he's, uh, yeah, I don't know that. I would really stop. I'm I'm very kind of confused by everything that's happening right now. So I think I, okay. I I'm just like calling Charlene and like he's moving and I'm like lost. Okay. He runs through the door and runs back into Dungeon World. And I will so he's doing that. Uh, I will like as I'm I'll walk towards the door because the door's obviously left open. I'm still c- contacting Charlene saying, uh, hey Charlene, something really weird just happened. Uh some kid just uh like came in with like legitimate blood on his face, uh saying someone killed his sister. She uh takes a moment and she's like, uh oh and she kind of whispers, she's like, I'll be right there. Okay, and then at, uh, and over and out. <laughs> uh, that sounds like a normal thing to say. And he he's gonna go to the door and not go through it, but like kind of carefully peek his head in. Okay, you open the door and kind of look out, and it is it's real dark, and you see what it's a a pathway of the maze leading. You look and it goes to the right, and then goes straight ahead. You're at kind of a, a turn in the maze. And you see uh, a couple patrons just wandering through, kind of nonchalantly. A couple of them are like, did you see the the fire that that animatronic demon breathed? That was so cool. And I'm just going to, like, I don't know if they see me. I don't think that's important. I'm I, I'm just going to kind of, I want to wait for Charlene. And so I, I shut, I, I think I'm going to shut the door because I don't want to, like, ruin their experience as they come towards this corner. And so I'm going to shut the door and wait for Charlene to get there. Okay. It doesn't take long. I mean, she just really had to go through the kind of engineering bay. So she comes in and shuts the door. And she's like, what, what, what's going on, Todd? 
Uh, so yeah, there was this like 14 or 15 year old boy, uh, really did not want me to contact security. Uh, but I, I figured like, at least like I know you and, uh, he said someone that was wearing a uniform like me, uh, uh, probably just not as fly, obviously, uh, was uh, like killed his sister. Uh, and he had, I mean, it was real blood on his face. Uh, I don't know like where that came from. Uh, but uh, and uh, you don't have to ask how I know it's real blood. It's real blood. Okay. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I mean, I feel like it's something that I should report to uh, security, but like he was real. Uh, like he ran as soon as I radi- radioed in, he ran back through the door. Um, I don't, I, I guess, like, I don't know the protocol here. It feels like this is way more security than it is me looking through a glass. Yeah, I mean, I guess I should go try and find him. What did this kid look like? I, I, I described the kid, you know, he, you know, 14, 15 year old boy, probably uh, lanky uh, and like, you know, some acne, you know, just standard kind of. Uh, typical teenage boy. Uh, if there's any sort of, oh, uh, he was wearing a Dungeons and Dragons shirt. That's definitely something that's probably, hopefully, not what every of kid course, is wearing. Of course, he was. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he was. I just assume. I guess you know what? That's probably not going to help you. Is it? I bet you a lot of people are probably wearing Dungeons and Dragons in this maze. Um, do you want to? You know, I'm going to go look for him. You want to come with me? Uh, you know, uh, and I, I'm going to look through the. I want to look. Th- like through whatever is available for me to like see if there's like anything that I really should be paying attention to. Like I guess the window no, I mean Yeah, people are queuing up and then, you know, every like five minutes they let another group of like ten people in and then I guess what I'll do is 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 there anything there that like could somehow signal me, like whether I set it up to like go through the walkie like an open channel through a walkie-talkie so like if i hear something going on i can like rush back in case i have to get back to my post yeah let me i imagine they probably have like a button on their side just in case they need you to like pay specific attention so yeah i want to uh try to rig that so that like i can simply like go to like a specific channel and listen in in that in my in my office or whatever you want to call it, my work area to see like if I need to like oh like I need to go back real quick. Okay, let me. I think I have an idea. Oh, or or looking at my gear, is there a way like is is there like a camera that's also like going through that two way mirror where like I could somehow use the tablet to tap into that camera? Oh, that's right. You have the tablet. Yeah, I think you could. You're. I think that all of your kind of fiddling with your phone, you're pretty tech savvy. Right, right. So you can like set it up so that like you download an app on the tablet and on your phone and kind of connect them so that you could see what's going on or like hear the beep if someone uh, presses the button. Perfect. Yeah, uh, that's what I do. Okay. So you get that all set up. And And I'll go with Charlene. Okay. So Charlene opens the door kind of peeks her head out to make sure that there's no one like directly there at that particular moment. And she motions for you to exit out with her. And one thing I want to do very specifically is I want to slowly shut the door. You know how like door, every door you can slowly shut so that it doesn't actually click shut. Cause yes. I'm, a, I, I think, I think Todd knows enough that like, that door is going to lock. So unless he has keys, which I don't know that he does, he wants to leave the door open enough that like he could just run over and push it open to get back in if he had to. All right. Yeah, you could do that. 
And then Charlene kind of looks at like she, uh, looks at you and she goes, "I don't. Did they show you a map of this this maze?" Uh no. You know what? Uh, I got to tell you, my uh, my manager, uh, who I've been calling Chief, and he seems to respond to it, legitimately told me nothing. He said I get to oversee the maze uh, in that room and then left without really giving me any direction. But oddly enough, to not go through this door that we just went through. Uh, so breaking rule number one on day one. But uh, yeah, I have no idea, and I, I think like I do say like there. Before you got here, there were two people walking from that direction coming this way. So I assume like this is the way that goes deeper into the maze. So she's like, oh, all right, well, let's uh, let's try to find this kid. But like I assume now, Charlene, I, this kid was uh, running out of here scared. I I don't know if he knew where his direction was going, but like, I have to imagine that he was trying to leave, not go deeper. If he knew, if he had any sense of direction, I guess that's true. Let's, uh, let's double back. I don't think, I don't think we're too far from the entrance. Yeah. I really feel like they should. I mean, you're working security for the maze. I feel like they should have given one of us, if not both of us, some sort of map. Yeah. That's real weird. Uh, they didn't give me terribly, uh, terribly detailed instructions either i was just kind of shadowing the other security people as we are walking and kind of talking it, it, can i like on my phone google or uh i guess we should really come up with another term that's like in universe that's not google let's see what's um what's a good it, like fake google i uh go to okay i go to i go to askloganscom and i type in uh as we're walking like mouse park dungeon maze map to see if like i can find a map online while we're trying to find this kid yeah let me uh let me have you try to find something that wasn't there before so roll plus wise again oh uh, that is a big old four All right, you find a map. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I tell Charlene, I was like, hey, I just went to uh, asklogan.com and I, I found a map in case we get lost or uh, want to go deeper into the maze. Oh, that's that's real useful. Uh, let's go. So she kind of goes back like towards where you think the entrance would be. And it is, I mean, it's like right there. Okay. Like your mirror showed you, like looking through that window, you saw the entrance okay so it's really just kind of like maybe 10 feet back and then you make a right okay and there are again those two knights that uh, are in charge of letting people in every so often i guess like i i would as we're you know walking and getting near them i would uh go up to them and ask them about like hey guys did you see like a a kid um Covered in what may or may not be blood, uh, running out of here screaming, like two seconds ago. They look, they look at you, and they're like, "Who are you?" Oh, oh. hey, I got. I, I hold my name badge out. I'm Todd McPhiladelphia. I'm a recent recruit uh, at Ye Old Dungeon Maze here. Uh, I am. Uh, I guess like if uh, you guys are the knights, I am. Uh, I'm the wizard. Yeah, you know, I work behind the scenes, uh, making sure everything's safe. Uh, and some kid came uh, like crying uh, into my room, uh, my work area, and covered in some red stuff. He said it was blood. Um, 
I don't know if I want to tell you what I did, but it's blood. Uh, and uh, then uh, he ran away crying. Uh, and I, I just want to know if he, you saw like a 14-year-old boy wearing a Dungeons & Dragons shirt running out? Mm, nope. That does not sound like anything we saw. And like, I uh, I, I tell him, I was like, you guys, uh, you're not in character. Like, you're being real right now? Give me. I realized that earlier I did not use dig a little deeper uh, properly. Dig a little deeper allows you to kind of read other people. Oh, okay. So I'm going to have you roll plus wise uh, to dig a little deeper. All right, that is a nine. Okay, so you can ask one question: Are you telling the truth? Yeah, that's the one. What are you really? <laughs> yeah, I mean that. <laughs> Yeah, they seem to be telling the truth. Okay. They did not see a child in a Dungeons & Dragons, or a teenager in a Dungeons & Dragons t-shirt All right. uh, covered. I, I thank them, and I like walk front, like walk jog back over to Charlene and uh, tell her that he did not come this way, and that I guess we should go deeper in. You know, this, uh, this I think, is what we need to do to find... I mean, unless we, like, I mean, we can't just let the kid go, right? Like, that's that's bad, right? <laughs> Yeah, if he was covered in blood, that seems like we should find him. Okay, uh, and like help him. Uh, I mean, I feel like first day of the job. Maybe I shouldn't tell my supervisor. Makes me look bad. Quite, like trying to get her like ad- like advice on if I should tell Chief. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Did did management tell you how to get in touch with them? And like. <laughs> He doesn't say anything. He just like he goes to say something and then like does like that classic like huh <laughs> no <laughs> like but th- without verbalizing yeah, no he just kind of goes huh he didn't tell me either this is a really weird job uh have you uh and I assume we're like kind of walking deeper in maybe glancing yeah the- you start heading back the uh, the way you saw people going before. and like just making chit chat with her as we're walking and have you like. Have you ever been here before? Like as like a like have you attended this place as a guest? When I was a little kid, I came here with my family. Was it like was it always like this? Like it seems real weird. Like it seems I don't know, like I don't when you interviewed, uh like who'd you interview with? Did you interview with Chet? I I interviewed with with I think he said his name was Franklin. Oh, like I was weird, like I, I didn't think anything of it at the time. I thought he was just like a chill dude, but like, I don't know. Like now, like maybe like I'm thinking like the robe underneath his suit was maybe a weird thing, not like a chill thing. I mean, I totally would wear a robe oh, under a, a suit. A robe? Yeah. Yeah. Like a, like a black robe. Like I thought it was just like. Like a bathroom? I uh, you know, I, uh, I don't, I, I, I didn't, I just, I assumed, uh, like it was a bathrobe or like. I don't know, like maybe a relaxing robe. It could have been a Camino. I honestly don't know. Uh, he, I just thought he like was chill. But now that I think about it, like Chet was kind of weird, and so was Chief. Like as you're as you're kind of walking and talking, all of a sudden, the wall to your left explodes out, and there is this just gigantic, demonic, hulking figure. 
Their flesh is black and cracked and singed, and they have huge black horns coming off of their head, and they breathe out a gout of fire. Uh, I'm going to have your roll plus break. Okay. <laughs> All right, well. That's a eight. Okay. I think that, like, Charlene kind of screams and jumps back. How How does... How does Todd respond to this? I think Todd, like, I don't think he jumps back. I think he's startled, but like his initial reaction is like, wow, this, like, these automatronic things are like, they're good, man. Like, this is really realistic. And I, I think like, while he like, he, he didn't jump back, like he like pops back without jumping but then he like g- gets in closer to like look and i, I he he's going <laughs> to he's going to poke he's going to poke the chest all right you uh like you managed to kind of move up and poke it and it is it's metal it's uh it's an animatronic demon i think you kind of like trip and fall a little bit as you're going to poke it and you kind of like fall into it and Charlene lets out a little a little chuckle as you manage to kind of both collect yourselves realizing that really just the the fear of this was, kind of shock of it was that you weren't really paying attention to the fact right. that you were in a ride yeah uh, 100% taking a selfie with this thing <laughs> awesome posting <laughs> what is uh what is uh is it to- at Todd McP yeah, yeah, it's totally at Todd McP, but but ironically, someone else had that, so it's like at Todd McP three sixteen because he's a real stone cold Mark. Oh, of course. So you continue moving, and like you hear kind of the animatronics resetting as the demon gets pulled back into the wall, and the wall kind of gets reset, and you move deeper into the maze. And you reach a point where it goes left, right, or straight ahead. So he's going to pull up that map that he uh, he have like he has saved on the browser tab to get some guidance. All right, it uh, it tells you that you should go left. So I, I, uh, Charlene, uh, I mean, ask ask uh, Logan says goes goes left. I don't know if we should disagree. So let's go. All right, you uh, you hang a left and you continue in. And you kind of you find yourself uh, after maybe twenty or thirty feet in a in a stone room with a large cauldron in the center that's lit green from the inside, and there's smoke pouring out. And standing behind it is someone in a wizard costume. Can I Go tell ahead. if it's like a like if it's an actual person or if it's a animatronic? You think it's an actual person? So I'm going to, uh, uh, he, it's a wizard, you said, so I'm going to say, hey, uh, uh, hey, hey, uh, Gandalf. Even though you're in, like, your uniform, he seems super in character, and he says, oh, you have entered the lair of Vorthon the Great. Uh, Who dares disturb my ritual? Uh, it's, hey, uh, he shows the, his uniform and, uh, name tag also points to Charlene, Todd, Todd McPhiladelphia, you can call me Todd McP, uh, here with security, uh, and, uh, uh, we are looking for a kid who, uh, is bloody and running through the maze. Have you seen him? He points like a gnarled old looking finger at you and he says, you dare 
speak so casually to Vorthon? <laughs> and I think I look at Charlene and like kind of do the like, what's what? <laughs> and like kind of chuckling because like even this is nerdy for me. And I, I look at him and say, uh, yeah, uh, y- yes, I speaketh casual if, uh, because <laughs> if danger if, <laughs> and then, and then like walk up to him and, and like kind of whisper like, Hey man, like I work here first day, uh, kind of really looking for this kid. He could be hurt or his sister could be hurt or there was blood. Can you help me out here? No one else is in this room. He he begins to kind of like just the most like overwrought arm gesticulations like he's casting a spell, but in like the most kind of cheesy and over the top way. <laughs> almost almost like a like uh Kame, Kameame wave from like Dragon Ball Z or something like that. And as he kind of pushes his hands forward, you see these kind of bolts of bright green light fly from his hands towards you. What do you do? I, again, I don't think he's going to jump out of the way, but like because he thinks this is all special effects it's going to startle him to the point where like he doesn't jump but like he's going to try to like dodge if like kind of kind of lean back and like over so that it would run over his shoulder if you know if it were real and he he's doing it not because it's he thinks it's real but just because it's startling and the natural reaction is just kind of like try to duck out of the way okay i'm gonna have your old plus stout okay this is this is good well i mean it's a nine (laughs) Okay, so you are going to be able to dodge out of the way. You have a choice to make. You can take one harm. Okay. Charlene can take one harm. Or you can avoid taking harm, but you get a minus two uh, on your next couple of rolls. Okay. Um, I think what makes the most sense is that... because he doesn't believe it's actually real, like he's not trying to take a bullet for anyone. And he just kind of like, he moves out of the way, not thinking that it's actually anything. It was just a natural reaction to move out of the way. And I think uh, Charlene is going to be taking that plus one harm. All right. So this blast, like you, Todd kind of ducks out of the way and I doesn't really think anything of it because you know, this is all fake. Right, right. And Oh God. And you, before you describe what happens here, like, all right, as it's happening, like I want him to be like, Todd's like, oh my, Charlene, did you see how awesome the special effect is? So you're you're kind of turning almost Matrix style, like a much less impressive Matrix <laughs> style move to talk to Charlene. And you see the bolt of green energy hit Charlene and she is lifted off of her feet and just slammed into the wall behind her. And she kind of crumples to the ground. And I th- he's walking over, saying what he's already said. And was and goes wow like I didn't know I thought you were just a security guard I didn't know you were in on it uh, wow you really impressive work he's saying as he approaches Charlene and I don't know if he notices that like she's really actually hurt or not she is she is kind of like she, she is not great she's bleeding 
he's from both the face and the back of the head so like it could just be from the impact uh, uh but she is dazed and kind of incoherent 100 percent taking a finger because he because she's not responding not what he really because even though he thinks he she might be in and on it like he knows enough to like she would probably respond so he's not quite sure what to do here so he's gonna do the classic the classic todd here and take a finger and taste that blood <laughs> all right it's blood <laughs> he tur- so he's now a little worried he like kneels down checks on charlene but like at the same time is like doubling back to see what what the wizard's doing he is is standing there and he says you foul beast that is what happens when you cross vorthon the great <laughs> so okay i think what i'm going to do is just like kind of like look at the dude and scream at him like what 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 was that man like she's bleeding she's hurt like what is this what what was that that was the great power of vorthon of course dude can you cut the crap like pardon my french but cut the crap she, like your coworker is hurt there's a kid running around crying someone might be really like hurt or dead what uh like we need and like he's gonna get on the walkie-talkie and like go to like the i guess the public channel like i have to assume that he knows what at least the public and by public i mean like the the mouse park public channel to like signal that he need like he needs a medical team here okay i think as he as todd pulls out the walkie-talkie vorthon uh begins to move his arms wildly again so, uh, in a decision to like get help later and save himself and Charlene at the same time, like he's going to try to like pick Charlene up to like move out of the way so that neither of them get hit with this blast again. Okay, give me another roll plus stout. That is a ten. Okay, so you succeed in the physical feat and take no harm. So you are able to kind of pull up Charlene and throw her into a fireman's carry and run out of the room just as another green bolt flies from Vorthon's hands and slams into the wall and kind of collapses part of the wall. Stones fly everywhere, but you're able to get out of the room and not take any damage from it. And we, I go a little bit further away and like kind of looking back, making sure he's not coming after us. And uh, assuming he's not, I want to put uh, Charlene down to check on her. It does not seem like he is following you. So you set Charlene down and and take a look. And I like, God, I checked like I checked my po- like, I checked my pockets. I have uh, like literally nothing on me that can help. Um, I check her pockets to see if she has anything like to help clean up the blood. Maybe like like make a faux bandage around her head. Yeah, I think you can find some some kind of. She might even. She probably has like a little first aid kit on her. Yeah, so so I I get the first aid kit that she has, and I I assume there's like that like you know very not a lot of it, but just enough to like that like medical cloth tape stuff that I wrap around her head and like I I try to like is she still dazed? She's coming out of it at this point. She's like, what the what the hell was that? Uh, so you know um. Uh, Gandalf back there, uh, I thought it was all special effects with like the green, uh, like you're not in on this, right? Like I, like that was real blood. I just tasted off your head. Uh, yes, yes. Tasted? Yeah. uh, Full disclosure. Uh, I have a problem where uh, I just, 
I didn't realize I had this problem until today. This place really brings the brings weird stuff out in you. Um, I, I thought it was maybe like uh, like corn syrup and like and and like food coloring uh, that you're in on like this charade. Uh, but I guess it not uh, not special effects. You were really hit with something. Um, and you hit the wall and hit your head. And, uh, I think Gandalf maybe like is a real wizard or I don't know. I th- I'm starting to believe the kid was right. I think, I think someone killed his sister that works here. And I don't know if it was Gandalf cause he's not wearing my shirt, but Gandalf is definitely in on it. That's all seems kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, at the end of the day, like your head's bleeding. Uh, and, um, like, did you see what the, like, did you see his arms waving? Did you see the green thing that he shot out of his hands that I jumped out of the way? Like it was, uh, I mean, I kind of, I kind of, and then it hit me and I don't, yeah, did you see me do that cool matrix thing? I was awesome. I don't remember that. Yeah, no, it was, it was awesome. But yeah. Uh, so, I think maybe like um, we should. Uh, God, uh, I mean, I want to get you to safety. I want to get to safety, but like, I feel like we have a responsibility for that fifteen-year-old kid. Can you keep going? She like feels her head, and she's like, "I think I can." I don't. I mean, it hurts, but um, like, do you have like a way to contact anybody else that's? Like your supervisor or like, I mean, I could contact security, I guess. Yeah. 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 Think, we should probably contact if you think that people. If you think people are in on it, is that really the best idea? Huh? Well, like, so what about those maintenance guys that started today? Like we, I mean, I trusted you because you started today. Uh, did you catch either of their names? Did they seem cool? I mean, I don't know. I don't really talk to them at all. All right. Uh, uh, so, I guess Todd's going to look around like what's the, he wants to figure out what the best course of action here is. Like what's the best direction to go. Uh, I guess he's going to consult that map again. All right. Uh, give me a roll plus wise. That's a nine. Okay. I think that you can, you can kind of figure out that that map might not have been right. Uh, the best. And you kind of look around and you see, it looks like there are like, more kind of scuff marks and whatnot going straight from that intersection as opposed to left or right. So like scuff marks on the ground or yeah, like, you know, heading, heading towards that seems to be the way most people go. Okay. So can I, before like making this decision to go that way, can I like figure out where I am on that map? And like, can I tell, from that map like okay if it's telling me to go this way and that was incorrect like is there anything i can like is that map useless or can i try to like utilize it in some helping fashion you look at it and you kind of figure out that this might be an old layout because it definitely says to go left and left is where vorthon was okay so and you there was no door out of vorthon's room mm -hmm. And this map definitely shows there being like a way to continue forward. Okay, so so Charlene, this map, uh, I don't know, not not good. We're on our own. Um, but I guess in the interest of oh God, I mean, 
if I'm that kid, my natural instinct would have been to run out, but he didn't run out. Uh, so does he, I guess, I don't know. I think I'm going to be crazy here. I don't think he'd keep going deeper. I don't think he'd go with all these, like, it seems like all these people are going straight. And I, I assume we came from, did we come from left? No. So you came from what would essentially be back. Okay. So you came to a, a three-way intersection. So you came from the, the way heading back to the left is Vorthon's room. Straight is where it looks like most of the people are going. And you have no idea what's right. Okay, so Charlene, do you have a preference? Like, do you think, like, do you have a preference where we should go? Because it, I don't, I don't really, I mean, I don't, none of this is making a whole lot of sense. Okay, so I really feel like he wouldn't go straight. He wouldn't go deeper. I feel like this kid that we need to find, um, I feel like we need to find this kid. And then I have this sweet ride uh, waiting for me in the employee parking lot. If we can find the kid, then we can backtrack our way out. Uh, we can get in the in my sweet ride, never mentioning that it's a golf cart, uh, and, and, and and get the police. Um, so uh, I, I let's let's go left. Um, let's let's try that. Hopefully uh, nothing too crazy happens. Um, and, and then, um, worst case scenario, as he like knocks on the wall, we have to turn around and, and, and go the other way. All right. So you're going, or right? Is that, we're, we're going to go left. From where you are now, left would actually be the direction from where you're standing now, coming out of Vorthon's room. Left would be the direction that most of the footprints lead. Oh. You want to go the way that not all of the footprints are going. Yes, yes. That okay. makes my decision so much easier. I didn't have to roll a dice for that. <laughs> yes, let's um, go right. Okay. So you go uh, what was right at the original intersection, and it goes down, uh, and it makes a left-hand turn, which dead ends in like a large mirror. Large mirror. Let's let's slowly approach that mirror. Real okay. slow. Like, we're going to be cautious. Uh, Charlene, uh, uh, Charlene, uh, I need you to be on your toes. Be on your toes. Do you have like a weapon? Did they give you something? She she pulls out a taser. Okay. Taser's She's good. Like, they gave me this. That's that's good. Um, do you feel comfortable with that? I guess. I've used it. I used it. Uh, I was a mall security guard for a okay. couple of years. Cool, cool, cool. I look. I want to look around before we go. Like, I want to. Like, I, I think we walked a little bit, but I want to stop before we go any further. And I want to look around to see if there's anything that I can use because I have nothing on my body but like some sweet kicks to uh, to help me in this situation. <laughs> so, is there anything? Uh, let me. I'll give you. Uh, well, there's two options here, really. You can try to find something that wasn't there before. We'll use that as a little bit weird of a weird one. Or you can try to wish upon a star. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let's. Okay. I get three of those. I, I, I have essentially. I have. You have essentially three wish upon a stars before the mouse. Right. Before something bad happens. Needs his due. Right. Right. Um, but like, so wishing upon a star would let that like, as I ask her about that taser and she answers, we kind of stop and I'm going to say, man, I, I really wish like I had some sort of weapon on me. Like I don't, I feel pretty defenseless here. 
So I think you look at, you're you're like I just I really wishing you had some kind of weapon. And you look towards the mirror. And the mirror is like a large like full body mirror the frame of which looks to be made out of bone. And when you look in the mirror, you see like a large William Wallace from Braveheart kind of claymore sword on your back. And suddenly you realize that there's a claymore sword on your back. (laughs) So I totally take it off my back and say, what just just happened here, Charlene? She's kind of like, like absolutely at a loss for words. Like, there was not a claymore <laughs> sword on your back literally seconds okay. ago, and now there He's is. He's going to take a couple steps back from Charlene and like try to like do something cool with it, like A, to impress Charlene, but B, to like also like see if he knows how to handle this sword at all. Okay, I'm going to say that's actually instead of like when you are trying to like hurt somebody, right. you roll break some femurs, which is plus wicked. Right. But I don't, that's not really what you're right. doing. So I think this would actually be more of a go the distance, which is plus stout. Okay. That is, oh, that is 11 plus three. That is a 14. Tell us how badass you look. Oh my god, this is like... <laughs> Actually, I, I kind of want it to be the Jedi kid <laughs> from YouTube. <laughs> but like, but like, Charlene's super impressed and it doesn't like, it doesn't look bad. Like, it, it, it's that kind of silliness, but it like is a super effective. Perfect. That is awesome. All right, so you now have a Claymore. Um, <laughs> that I am uh, evidently really good with. Yeah, that uh, that you look fantastic with. If uh, if you ever end up actually hurting someone with it, we'll figure out some, some stats for it. Cool, 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 cool. So you now have the Claymore. You, uh, you look in the mirror and you, you see yourself in the mirror as a grand knight. For a moment, you actually think you're even wearing armor. Your hair flowing in an unseen breeze with this massive claymore (laughs) in your hands. But there is nothing down this hallway that resembles a bleeding teenage boy. (laughs) So I look at Charlene and I say, well, uh, I guess this kind of worked out, but I think we're going to have to go deeper down the maze and follow uh, like the the tracks of these uh, other patrons. So we do. We go. We go. We circle back, and we go down that main hallway. All right. You go to uh, to the last hallway that is left that you haven't been down, and it continues down for a while, and it makes a right, and then it makes a left, and you're kind of worming your way through this maze. It's not other than this one intersection. You haven't seen anything like super maze like, but it's all kind of done up, creepy, and mm. there's piles of bones in the corners do uh, as we're walking like do we notice anything like i guess like really like if this kid if this kid had blood like because i feel like we've been walking for a while now and like i can't imagine that kid like when he initially ran to my office like having to come super far so is there anything we notice that's like i don't i guess out of the ordinary that doesn't like 
seem like do any of these piles of bones have clothes like normal modern clothes give me a roll plus wise that's a six okay you don't notice any that look i mean they all look like they're set decoration all right worth a shot yeah so i guess we just keep on following you uh, you do notice as you're moving deeper into this this quote unquote maze there's the heavy smell of sulfur so i i guess like i kind of just like make that audible nod and like you know to charlene and say do you smell that she's like yeah it smells like matches huh um i guess like i mean let's keep going uh i guess we'll deal with that i mean that I mean, obviously, this is not a good thing. We're we're on the same page there, right? This is yeah. not a good thing. You also notice that you haven't seen a guest in a while. Uh, so I also I'm gonna make that like I'm gonna make that known to her. But like, hey, um, have you noticed that like there's no one like we haven't caught up to anybody. No one's caught up to us. She's like, yeah, I guess. Uh, I guess I did notice that she's like, my head's kind of banged up. So I didn't really think much about it, but yeah, that's also real weird. Like you would think with all the doubling back, we would have come across somebody. Is there like, okay. On the walkie talkie, I do want to like, I'm not going to say anything to Charlene. I'm just going to do it. And, and I like, I'm going to go to what I, I assume like the one thing I paid attention to was like, there was some sort of like general channel. And I want to, I don't, actually want to okay i guess it doesn't matter that charlene knows this i just want to listen i want to see if there's anything on the general chatter of this like general channel of of the mouse park line walkie-talkie line you turn to channel three the general channel and you hear a chanting in a language that you do not know it is just the sound of what might be hundreds of voices chanting in this deep thrumming atonal mess. Uh, And the way this walk, I assume this walkie talkie works like any other walkie talkie. Like they can't hear me. Yeah. You haven't pressed the button down. Right. And I look at Charlene and and I'm like, that's, that's uh, weird. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so, uh, I want to, how how many channels, like, are are we saying that I I guess to keep it simple, I want, I'm assuming that like there's 10 channels, like one, one through zero or zero through nine or something like that. Yeah. And they're all like each department has a specific channel and then there are kind of a couple channels that are like short range channels. Like that's how you and Charlene communicated. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, um. I want to cycle through all those channels and see if like they're all being weird right now, or if they, there's anything that has something that would resemble normalcy. You begin switching through and now every one of those channels has that chanting. And as you switch through, it creates this kind of additional creepy effect of like the clipping of like every time you switch to a channel, there's just a momentary pause and then it's back into the same place in the chant as the previous channel 
what happens when I go to channel seven, which was the uh, channel that Charlene and I had? It is still, it's all chanting. Okay. I'm instantly going to pull out that cell phone and try to call 911. All right. I'm going to have your roll plus brave. That's an eight. Hmm. I am going to say that you get your phone out and that chanting is still coming through and you are going to take one shock as you try to kind of pull yourself away from the chanting to make this phone call and you do, but it, it just creates this kind of awful dissonance in your mind. Uh, you dial nine one one. So I dial nine one one. I and like, I want to say I I just freeze, <laughs> like when they pick up. Like nine one one. This is uh, the nine one one operator. What can I? What what's what's the problem? And I think like he's just he is like in this momentary like 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 trance where like he can't like. He he's st- like wigging out because of the the, the chanting um, and, and how it's on every single channel. Thought dialing nine one one like would be super helpful, but like he doesn't realize that someone's answered. Like I, I want to say, like he kind of just hears the chanting still. Like maybe that's what's going on in his head right now. Okay. After a couple seconds of silence and you don't respond, the operator says, "Oh." I see you're calling from inside Mouse Park. Let me transfer you to their internal line. <laughs> and I, I, I want to say that snaps me out of it. And uh, I'm only going to assume it's too late for me to go, no, 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 no. You say that it, there's, a, there's a click and a ring. And then it picks up. Um, I'm obviously looking at Charlene as this is happening. <laughs> She's kind of in in a in a state of shock as well. And you hear the voice of Chief say, "What did I tell you, Todd?" I I hang up. I hit the end button on that. <laughs> I hit the end button and then I uh I I I'm I'm weighing my options here. And I I say to Charlene, "Um Okay, I I really really think we should get to that golf that golf. I mean, my sweet ride, my sweet ride. Um, but the kid, the kid, the kid. Um, okay, on evens we go for the kid. On odds, I'm going. We're, we're turning around. Okay, we're going for the kid. Uh, let's go. Let's keep on going down this path, Charlene. <laughs> All right, you travel a little bit further down, and again, there are no more branches. It seems like this maze wants you to find its heart. I want to, like, at this point, like, I think, like, without saying anything, I just kind of look at Charlene and start, like, picking up the pace and going into, a like, a light jog. Like, I, I think what's going through Todd's mind at this point is, like, he just wants to find the kid, and now, like... It can't. We have to run. We have to go quicker. All right. I think Charlene is probably feeling very similar, and she kind of picks up the pace with you. And it's only a few more moments before you you come out into a fairly large room 
with that same black stone. And the smell of sulfur here is almost suffocating. And the first thing you see is perhaps the treasure that the knights had talked of, the treasure at the heart of the maze. There's a pedestal with a beautiful silver chalice sitting on it. I look at Charlene and say, if I've learned anything, anything from pop culture and from Indiana Jones, we don't touch that golden chalice. The next thing you see is hanging from the ceiling above the chalice. Oh boy. Is a long rope. And at the end of that rope, it is tied around the ankle of a woman who is maybe 22 years old or so. And her throat has been slit. And the blood is dripping into the chalice. And you see in the far corner is the teenage boy kind of crumpled in on himself, weeping. Oh, that's his sister. Fuck. <laughs> that's, that's what's going through uh, Todd's mind right now. It's a safe bet. Is, is there anyone? Is it just the kid and like the, the sister? That you can see right now, yes. I, uh, <laughs> this is bad. I, uh, I nudge Charlene and say, that's the kid. Charlene's like, I've, I figured that out. My, my head injury isn't that bad. Tom, um, uh, I think, I think the taser and the sword, we should have those at the ready. And, uh, um, I wish that kid told me his name. Uh, so, uh, hey, sport. It's, it's your pal, Todd Mc, McPee. He looks up and he is, uh, sobbing. Uncontrollably, um, and he's like, "I, I told you they killed her." Yeah, yeah uh, buddy, I think you went the wrong way. Um, I don't. I ran. I ran, and I ran. I thought I was running towards the exit, and here I am. Yeah, uh, uh, this is my friend. I told you about. She's totally cool. Uh, let's. You want to? You want to come with us? Um, and uh, there's no one behind us. Uh, let's let's get out of here. Get in my sweet ride. Uh, totally, totally a sweet ride. A car that can fit three people, two adults, one teenager. Not weird. He, and- uh, he cries some more. And when you like, as you're kind of saying, like, there's no one behind us. He points <laughs> kind of and- over your shoulder. <laughs> I think what what Todd says to Charlene he goes, oh, man, man, pop culture rookie mistake here. And uh, totally, like, he's got the sword. Like, he's at the ready as he turns around and to face whatever danger is now facing him. So you turn around and you see Chet, Chief, and the you, the, you didn't get their name, but it was the woman who was in charge of orientation. And they're standing at the entrance to the room. And they are now all three of them wearing black robes. I like told, long, Charlene, I told you they had robes. I told you. Long black, like wizard's robes made of a black silk. And Chet 
Chet is standing kind of in the, they're standing kind of in a pyramid form and Chet is at the head of them. And he says, Todd McPhiladelphia, correct? Without touching his name badge, because he's got his hands on the sword. He totally like leans his name badge over as he's trying to like, remember the last name. And, uh, and Ty goes, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's Todd. Todd McPhiladelphia to you, buddy. Uh, only my friends like Charlene here and uh, sport back there. Uh, and I was hoping maybe one day chief, but that looks like it's out the window. Could call me Todd McP. And uh, yeah, I mean, chief, I guess you were right. I should have just kind of read my comic book and played Candy Crush. Should not have, uh, should not have opened that door, but uh, you know, can't, uh, can't, I mean, the guests are our number one concern. And safety, safety matters, guys. And uh, I don't know if you remember that. I feel like that was page one in the book. I, I, I got to be honest. Was playing Candy Crush during orientation. Pretty sure safety, uh, Chet, we agreed upon was the number one concern. And and I had to take care of this kid. That uh, I, I mean, you you guys, uh, we sh- we should probably get his sister help. You are aware that there's, I mean, the black robes make me feel like you, maybe you're in on this. Todd is still ever like the kind of like hoping that like, you know, they're not in on it, but like the black robes are probably a big clue you're in on it, but like in the off chance that you're not like, we should get help for this people. Chief says, Todd, we had such high hopes for you and the head of orientation also says, yes, such high hopes. And then Chet echoes high hopes. And all three of them in unison say, such high hopes, Todd. I, and I look at Charlene and say, now I know that they're full of shit. Cause like, I, I'm a slacker, man. <laughs> like, uh, so I think what we need to do is, um, we need to we need to toughen up. We need to suck it up. Get our heads in the game. Uh, we need to save this kid. Um, you need to uh, tase, and I need to chop. That's what needs to happen here. We need to uh, kill these three, and uh, we need to get to my sweet ride with this kid and get the hell out of here. Uh, Mouse Park, uh, not the happiest place on earth. Uh, I kind of hate this place. Okay. I'm going to have you, I guess, roll Break Some Femurs. That is plus wicked. That is a seven. Okay. So on a seven plus, you inflict harm, according to the rating of your weapon, and your enemies inflict their attacks harm rating on you. Oh, oh! For for the love of God! So, <laughs> what I want to happen is after I give that little speech to to Charlene, and and assuming that I look cool doing it, I, I uh, as soon as I'm done, what I want to happen is I want to <laughs> remembering what I looked like in the mirror, thinking of Braveheart, scream freedom as I run after. Uh, I don't know if I get to choose who I'm going after. Yeah, but I'm totally can. going after Chet because he's a he he seems like the biggest dick of them all. All right, you uh you. <laughs> scream freedom (laughs) freedom and you flail wildly (laughs) and slam the claymore into chet and for just one final moment chet gives you that shark-like grin 
and then disappears and his robes drop to the ground. He's a Jedi! (laughs) Give me... I'm going to say that Charlene's Wicked is plus two. Okay. Uh, So I'm going to have you roll for Charlene as well. All right. She got a six. (laughs) All right. So as, as Chet disappears and his robes fall to the ground, Chief and the other member of management begin chanting that awful, awful chant in a language that you don't know. You take one shock. Oh, boy. Charlene takes two. Oh, God. Did she, did she suffer one earlier from, from, from when she, I was on the phone? She No, she did not. Okay. But she is now one away from insanity. Oh, so am I. <laughs> And they continue to chant as the the like little cord of the taser just flies by Chief's head. So I think with like the like the chanting kind of making me go crazy a little bit. Like I'm just going to start swinging that sword wildly. I'm not really like aiming for anybody. I'm just swinging it like in the direction. I assume uh, Chief and and the head of op orientation are next to each other, so I'm just swinging in that direction. Okay, so you just take this wild swing at kind of both of them? Yeah. What I'm going to do is, uh, instead of having you roll separate attacks for Charlene, I'm going to have her give you a plus one bonus to this. Okay. So roll another plus Wicked uh, with a plus one bonus. So I got uh, a 10. Oh, wow. So you are going to do the weapon damage... They are potentially going to do damage back, but on a 10 plus, you gain an extra effect. You can get plus one forward on your rolls. You can inflict one extra harm. You can suffer one less harm. You can force them where you want them, or you impress, dismay, or frighten them, and they get one shock. Um, So what I'm going to do... And plus one forward, is that like permanent or is that just like a the, the next roll? That is the, I believe the next roll. Okay. So I am willing. So if I were to say I'm going to inflict terrible harm, so they get an additional plus one, I still take one harm, correct? Yes. You will okay. still take damage. I will. Uh, and th- am I allowed to know, is that only going to be one damage that I'm taking? You don't know. Mm, interesting. What's well, I can't imagine it being three. Whew. I'm gonna. What's the rating on my on this claymore? Is it? It is. I am actually giving it plus two harm. Okay. Uh, so it does three harm. So. Oh, so, so it does three harm on its own. Yes. Do enemies work the same way as like me? Like where three harm? They all like if they get three harm, they die. Not always. No. Okay. Although you did, I mean, you did three harm to Chet and it killed him. Oh, interesting. Okay. So there's no way, I mean, unless he's, unless Chet's not the real mastermind here, it could be one of these two, but I'm going to, um, I'm going to suffer less harm. So I'm going to do the three damage and take, and then suffer less harm. So not take the game. Okay. Hopefully not. 
So you and Charlene both take one harm. Okay. The chanting intensifies, and you feel like blood beginning to leak out of the corners of your eyes and out of your ears. And you sweep your claymore through both Chief and the Head of Orientation, and both of them disappear, and their robes hit the ground. And so I look at Charlene, and I say, Holy crap, they are some evil Jedi. Uh, get the boy. Let's go. All right. I am going to have you uh, give me a roll plus stout. That's what I'm talking about. That is a uh, 15. Oh, wow. All right. With a 15, I think that like you and Charlene get the kid and you kind of run back through and are able to uh, kind of duck by the knights and get out of Dungeon World. Oh, no. Were the knights in on it? That's horrible. You, I mean, you don't know. Okay. Is there, is there, just out of curiosity, is there like patrons? Like, are there, are there people guests now that? There are now. Weirdly, there are now guests queued up, at least. You don't see any as you're running through the maze. But as you get there, the knights are kind of ushering a new group inside as we're running out. I'm screaming, don't go left. Don't go left. I would leave. Don't go left. I, I think everyone just kind of, Oh, who's that crazy person <laughs> in the nights kind of like, look at you and you see one of them pull out a walkie talkie. Oh God. <laughs> uh, and I, when I see that, I just like look at Charlene and say, uh, we gotta, we gotta get to the employee parking lot quick. I, like I, I'm, I'm saying it. I'm not screaming it to her. I'm, I want to say it like quiet enough to where like it's just the three of us that hears it. Like I don't want to be overly obvious about that's where we're going, but we're going to the employee parking lot. Okay, you are running towards the the exit of Mouse Park, and you hear your walkie-talkie kind of chirp, and you hear Chet's voice come through the walkie-talkie. And he says, Todd, we had so much hope for you. I, uh, I changed the channel. <laughs> if you bring us Charlene and the boy, we could talk about a promotion, perhaps. I, uh, I take the walkie-talkie, knowing that Charlene still has hers so that like, if we need to listen in, we can listen in. And I, uh, I throw it to the ground and, and we keep going through the crackle of it hitting the ground and breaking. You just hear kind of echoed briefly so much hope. And yeah, we certainly uh, keep on booking it towards that exit. Whether I, I like, I ideally I want to go through, no, you know what? I do not want to go through the employee X. Like, I want to make it look like that's the direction we're going, but like, hopefully through a crowd of people, I would like to like redirect ourselves through to like the main exit and like kind of get to the employee parking lot, like a backwater way so that we hopefully lose them. I'm shedding my employee shirt and let it be known that I certainly had basketball shorts on over top of my short shorts and was not wearing them. <laughs> of course. <laughs> All right. You make it out and you, uh, you get to your uh, golf cart. 
<laughs> I say, guys, this is a sweet ride. Don't worry about it. It's a, I have it. I've made some modifications to this and we, uh, we gun it out of the employee parking lot and uh, hopefully scot free head to the police station. All right. I think where we'll end is you, you get out of the employee parking lot just fine and you get to the police station and we kind of end on what starts as a long shot of the golf cart sitting in front of the police station. And we pull up to, uh, to Todd and Charlene and the boy who he never gave a name <laughs> getting out of the golf cart. But I want to, I also want to say that like this boy doesn't have a name, but it's totally like the person playing this is 100% like whoever, like the top, like, like teen throb actor is at the time. So like, if you're listening to this in, in 2019, it's, I mean, I don't know. I don't know who the top heartthrob is. Yeah. I don't know. Like Zac Efron yeah. from a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah. It, it could be even like it's, it's yeah. Young Zac Efron. If you're listening to this in 20, uh, you know, 2015, but whoever that, that young heartthrob is in, in whatever time frame you're listening to it, that's who this boy is. Unnamed character played by like the most famous heartthrob. I I love that. So so Todd and the unnamed heartthrob and Charlene are getting out of the golf cart and heading towards the the doors to the police station and there's a crackle over the radio of the golf cart and you just hear Chet's voice say so much hope. Oh, and we man. cut to black. Oh man. Oh, what happens to our sweet sweet boys and gal what happens to our lovable uh goofballs here i don't know i would maybe there will be a sequel oh my god that's this game is a lot of fun that's what i gotta say uh yeah i really uh playing it again it's just so much it does both the horror and the funny so well yeah I'm glad that uh, to be on this game, uh, on this podcast, and I can't wait to come back and whether it's revisit this character or explore new games on a future season, I can't wait. Thank you so much for uh, for coming on, and uh, we will definitely talk about trying to make uh, make the triumphant return of Todd <laughs> McPhiladelphia thing. Um, before we go, do you want to uh, let let folks know where they can find you on the internet? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the best place to find me is on Twitter at that nerdy Kev. That's where I kind of like keep everyone abreast of everything that I'm working on. Key things to check out are, uh, you know, uh, everything is awesome. My podcast, uh, where I sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. We've had people on like Blaine. Uh, we've had uh, Alex Roberts. We've had Ben Wallace. We've had a lot of tabletop people, Jeff Stormer, James D'Amato. We've had Aaron McGathy. We've had tons of awesome people on the show. Uh, so check that out on awesomepodcast.com. I'm hoping to have more projects that take place in the tabletop world kind of going on. So keep an eye out on that Twitter at that nerdy Kev to um, see what's what I'm ta- what I have going on. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. If you enjoyed this, you'll enjoy that uh, tabletop stuff for sure. Awesome. Well, Kevin, thank you again for coming on, and I'm uh, glad you enjoyed our little foray into Cthulhu and Disney. Thank you for listening to You Are Not Alone. Thank you to Kevin Gallagher for playing, and thank you to Christopher Gray for designing such a fun game. Our theme song is Everybody Knows My Name by Harley Poe. Thank you to Joe Whiteford for letting us use it. 
I hope you join us on May 23rd for the next chapter. Until then, remember that you are strong, you are beautiful, and you are not alone. Pray to God.